1: This is the conference operator. Welcome to the Endeavor Silver Corp 2021 first quarter financial results conference call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity for you to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star, then one on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and zero. I would now like to turn the conference over to Galena Maliger, Director of Investor Relations, for opening remarks. Please
2: go ahead. Thank you, Operator. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Endeavor Silver 2021 First Quarter Financial Results Conference Call. With me on the line today, we have the company's Chief Executive Officer, Bradford Cook our Chief Financial Officer, Dan Dixon, and our Chief Operating Officer, Don Gray. Before we get started, I'm required to remind you that certain statements on today's call will contain forward-looking information within the meaning of applicable securities laws. These may include statements regarding Endeavor's anticipated performance in 2021 and future years, including revenue and cost figures, silver and gold production, grades and recoveries, and the timing and expenditures required to develop new silver mines and mineralized zones. We do not intend to and do not assume any obligation to update such forward-looking information other than as required by applicable law. On behalf of Endeavor Silver, I'd like to thank you again for joining today's call, and I will now turn it over to our CEO, Bradford Cook.
3: Thanks very much, Galina, and welcome everybody to this uh, Q1 uh, financial uh, results call. Um, Endeavor had a a very good start to the year. Lots going on. Uh, We pre released our metal production at uh, uh, 1.04 million ounces of silver, up 22% year on year, 10,900 ounces of gold, up 31% year on year for uh, silver equivalents uh, of 1.9 million. Is at an 80 to 1 ratio of 26% compared to Q1 last year. Um, our costs were pretty much flat year-on-year. Year. Uh, cash cost per ounce payable silver, net of the gold credit. All-in costs were up a little bit, 8% to 1994, again, net of the gold credit. And uh, that led to um, revenues of $35.1 million dollars. Up 58%. That was partly due to uh, obviously uh, higher production, higher prices, but also we held back some metal for sale during the first quarter, partly due to the downturn in metal prices in late March. And uh, we fully planned to have sold much of that inventory here at higher prices uh that uh, impacted our cash flow we had 5.2 million of uh, cash flow from operations uh but what that was up sharply uh, last year and of course 12.2 million cents per share so up sharply compared to a loss of 16 million million last year uh, in the Q1 um a good chunk of that though was the reversal of our from the El Cubo asset which uh we sold here just recently Offset partly by increased expiration activities, evaluation activities, and a higher tax expense. Um, we would have taken an adjusted uh, loss in the first quarter, but then that's offset by the uh, rise in finished goods inventory. So um, I, again, a busy quarter, uh, a profitable quarter for us, and we're looking for uh, um, another very good quarter here in Q2. So those really the financial highlights from our release today. And uh, I think rather than carry on, why don't we just open this up for Q&A and uh, we'd be happy to answer your questions.
1: We will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star, then 1 on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, Please Press star, then two. We will pause for a moment as callers join the queue. The first question comes from Heiko Ile with H.C. Wainwright. Please go ahead.
4: Hey, there, Thanks for taking my questions. I just want to thank Brad for everything he's done for the farm. Dan, best of luck to you, and I think you're taking over a very well, well, well-oiled machine here. Well, thank you very much, um, Heiko. Uh, I, I, we all appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, Heiko. You've increased. Always and gladly. Um, you've increased your finished goods inventory by quite a bit in the quarter. I mean, you're at 530,000 ounces of silver, seventeen hundred, just under 1,700 ounces of gold. In the past, you've done really well trading silver. But I mean, just briefly, where do you stand right now in regards to dollar terms of finished goods as of today? And philosophically, what do you anticipate future accumulations of finished goods might look like? And, yeah, I know that it might be more intelligent to ask this question after the AGM tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, just just curious, maybe your your philosophies there.
3: Yeah, I think Dan and I shared a, a similar view that um, uh, this is um, a sales strategy that we've used from time to time, and it's based on the... Um, Uh, seasonality uh, seasonality to silver and gold uh, and sometimes uh, quarterly moves in silver and gold. Uh, We did this successfully last September when the metal prices uh, fell sharply at the end of the month. And uh, Rather than sell all of our metal last September, we had to hold on to it because we felt that the We're in a bull market, and uh, there would be a nice rebound. Uh, In fact, there was a very nice rebound, and we were able to take significant additional profit from the sale of that inventory uh, in Q4 last year. And so this uh, example is exactly the same. Uh, The metals had a great run in the first quarter. Uh, They they tipped over and and, uh, fell uh, in March. Uh, Rather than push all of our metal out at, at quarter end, we felt that there would be a nice balance here in Q2, and in fact, there has been.
5: And would yeah, you be just to add to the squo- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I go to add to that question of where we sit today. Generally, we hold about 300,000 ounces of silver just because of outturn timelines. Ultimately, that can get down as low as 50,000 ounces of silver. We did sell a lot a big portion of the 525,000 ounces of silver that we had at March 31st uh with this recent run up into the 26th, 27th. So, um, as Brad touched on, it's more of a short-term strategy of watching short-term patterns and trying to 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 sell, uh, not when the prices are falling, but hopefully when they're rising. You've been extremely successful with this stuff in the past, and, and I hope it continues like that. So
4: congratulations. Um, and in just a quick clarification. The impairment reversal for Cubo is completely done now that this is closed, or is there any lingering tax implications or other costs, or anything that uh, we should focus on for Q2 and beyond?
5: Uh, For Q2, we'd recognize the full gain on sales. So ultimately, what we reversed in Q1 as of March 31st was historical balance that would have been remaining after depreciation. And in April 9th, we would have recognized the full sale. So there's contingent payments that would be coming. We have a fair value for The share value of Gold as of April 9th is what we recognize. So there'll be a residual amount that we'd recognize and a gain in Q2. Got it. Wonderful. And once
4: again, congratulations to, to both of you. And thank you, Brad.
3: Thanks, Michael.
1: The next question comes from Mark Reichman with Noble Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Mark Reichman,
3: your line is now open. Thank you. I just wanted to focus a little bit on the costs. So the all-in sustaining costs were impacted by the higher corporate G&A and the the higher capital expenditures at Guana which I guess you could kind of look at as an investment. Uh, But then the direct operating costs were impacted by the higher labor costs. I was just wondering if Dan could maybe talk a little bit about how he sees those costs trending and, you know, for example, in terms of the all-in sustaining costs, I know the higher capital expenditures are to develop El Curso, uh, so that should benefit, you know, down the road. So how do you see those 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 uh, uh, line items trending, Dan?
5: Yeah, thanks for the question, Mark. Uh, you're right, uh, Q1s were a little bit higher, but at Guana we were well ahead from a mine development standpoint, one of our best development quarters in a long time, actually which ultimately just means either we'll do less come year end or uh, continue on, but it should dissipate a little bit. We're getting ahead of ourselves now, which is great to, for future flexibility. And ultimately we did have a budget from an all-in sustaining cost, which includes our capital expenditures and that's unchanged for the year for Guanacaste. Uh As far as labor costs and impacting our operating costs, we are seeing a little bit of pressure on, on labor um, I would imagine it's industry-wide, things are picking up. A lot of companies are out there looking for operating staff and capable operating staff. We brought on a lot of really good people last year. We had a very good year, we feel, from a production standpoint with what we were dealing with in 2020. Some of the bonuses went through on our labour costs in Q1, higher than what we had accrued for at year-end. So That did impact Q1 a bit, so hopefully we'll see labour costs come down. but. As we're seeing across the world uh, this global supply chain seems to be um, quite constrained right now and having issues with that and I don't expect that to change in the next six months so maybe a little bit increase in our cost but we're going to work our best to to mitigate that um, look for solutions and try to get our tonnage up a little bit to where plan was we we were on plan from an ounce production standpoint it would be nicer if our tons had improved and we're actually able, so on a per ton basis our costs improve throughout the year and we will we expect to hit our our guidance that we delivered to the market in in January.
3: Well, that's very helpful. Thank you, Dan.
5: Thanks for the question, Mark.
1: The next question comes from Cosmos Chu with CIBC. Please go ahead.
6: Thanks, uh Brad and Dan and Dan, congratulations. I guess the big day is tomorrow.
5: Yeah, thanks, Cosmos.
6: I guess my question is, uh, what, t- what took so long? Um, <laughs> joking aside, I do have some real questions here. Um, at Aires, um as you talked about, you know, royalties were higher in the quarter um, due to higher royalties at uh, uh Cuatro. Sorry about the pronunciation. Um could you talk a bit more about the mine plan you know going forward for the rest of 2021 should we expect you know tonnage you know continue to come out from that uh, area and hence higher royalties
5: Yeah I think the the key to Q1 was we did have a little bit higher production from El Curso um it's between our Poberner Quattro mine which you're probably familiar with and Malache we did mine a little bit more from El Curso just do do some of the areas that we're in and, and a little bit less from a where we don't have that royalty. But the big impact on that royalty is when we did our guidance, we guided $22 silver, $1760 gold. We sold our silver at $27 and I think gold was slightly below that $1760. So we had higher royalties in that on that uh, basis, but also the grade that's coming out of El Curso. The grades at Guana Civi were about 15% on a silver equivalent basis above plan. And again, just in the area of that El Curso, you saw our, our drill results that we put out a couple of weeks ago uh, with regards to El Curso and Guana Seville and what we were finding on Santa Cruz. So to our surprise, uh, ultimately the grades have been better than what we expected. So um, obviously increase in our costs and royalties, but our margins are still extremely good at, from that area.
6: Mm-hmm. For sure. And that's, uh, that leads in well to my next question here in terms of you know, El Curso, and as you mentioned uh, earlier this month, you put out some very good draw results coming out of Guanajuato. Uh, I think I saw over 2,000 grams per ton. Um, a lot of it, just want to confirm, is coming from El Curso. And I guess the other part of my question after confirming that is, I guess in the press release you mentioned, you know, the uh, El Curso, Menache, and Prevena, Cuatro could all become one continuous ore body, um, potentially over 1.5 kilometers by about uh, six or 400 meters. Um, when would we find out more about, you know, this potential here? And then, um, you know, could you maybe talk about potentially when, you know, this concept, one continuous ore body could uh, come into the mine plan, huh?
5: Yeah, there's a lot there. The drill holes that came out a couple weeks ago were mainly the El Curso ore body, uh, infilling and step-out drilling there. We are also drilling the Santa Cruz sewer ore body which we're actually mining from as well. We're just mining that or drilling that at depth and continue to have positive results there. But I'd say a majority of the, the drill holes that came out two weeks ago were from the El Curso ore body. And if you go onto our website and even in our presentation, we have a beautiful longitudinal section between Porvenir Quattro and Malache showing the ore body of El Curso, which gives a pretty good understanding of, of the size and scope of that ore body. Um, there are some slivers in there, which is owned by Frisco who we've acquired or at least the El Curso concessions from that own some slivers and we're working with them uh, to hopefully acquire some of that ground to be able to mine that as well Because we do think it's continuous all the way through. Obviously, we've drilled out Malachi We've proved that. Porvenir Quattro, we actually mined a lot of that um, ore from that, that mine. So we feel it's continuous, but the scope and scale of it's pretty clean to see just through our website or, or presentation.
6: Yeah. yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that long section as well. Okay. So um I guess my question is, we'll find out later on, you know, how this kind of all this exploration results will impact um, the mine plan sometime later on.
5: Yeah, when it comes down to total resources and total tons in the resources, we're still drilling that area, and we'll come up with a resource estimate later on in the year and publish that. Um, Brad, I don't know if you have any more color you'd like to provide with regards to El Curso and our drill results there.
3: Um, yeah, just to answer your question, Cosmo, well, the,
5: uh, um, um, the El Curso claim
3: was something that we leased from a, a Frisco, and uh, the two gaps between El Curso Melache and El Curso Porvenir Cuatro um, are other properties owned by Frisco. Um, we expressed interest, they expressed interest, and so we're hoping we can consummate a, a way to add those gaps, if you will, to the existing lease agreement, and then we would be able to drill them and prove that that's one continuous orbiting. Uh, The gaps themselves are only uh, a couple hundred meters wide, I think, so um, it's pretty easy to uh, project that that this thing should be continuous.
4: Mm
6: -hmm. Of course. Um, Maybe switching gears (laughs) a little bit uh, at Terranera. um, You know, as you mentioned, you're targeting a feasibility study by Q3 2021. The last PEA was sometime in 2020. And I think Dan, or maybe Brad, you touched on it. Labor costs have increased. Um, I don't think that's the only cost that has increased in the past year. Steel prices have gone up. Um, you know, other input costs have gone up. So I guess my question is, you know, as you do this, you know, finalize the, the feasibility study at this point in time, um, you know, have you seen um, costs increase? How have you factored into your study here? And, you know, how are you managing that risk?
3: Um, so I'll answer from a higher level. Um, basically, sure. the feasibility study is still underway, so uh, we still have an opportunity to uh, finalize costs here in the next month or two. Um, and uh, uh, the, But the main cost drivers, at least on capital, are um, the design of the mine and the plant, and most of those we've put uh, pins in already. Um, Dan, you want to add to that?
5: Yeah, I, I think it's definitely a risk. And you always look at it, and that's what we paid to manage to do. Uh, ultimately, we are seeing some input increases, which could increase the, the, the capital upfront costs or sustaining capital. From an operating standpoint, we think there's a lot of levers there that we can improve our operating costs from the PFS in 2020. Uh, so ultimately, when all the numbers come out, which you're right, it'll be uh, early Q3, we'll have that. We still expect to have a very economic project when it's all said and done.
6: Mm -hmm. Okay, for sure. And and then maybe one last question from me here, you know, uh, Dan, as you take the the CEO seat, uh, Brad's not leaving, I guess he's going to be executive chairperson. And, uh, you know, in the press release, uh, talked about Brad, you know, continuing with the company growing the company, one side of it is, you know, for sure, building Terranera. Um, The other side, I think we've talked about in the past is potential, you know, acquisitions, Um, bigger picture. Brad, you know, we've seen some of your competitors uh, divest or diversify into gold, diversify beyond LATAM. Um, You've always talked about in the past, it is harder to make acquisitions for silver assets. Um, You know, anything that you can share with us in terms of industry-wide or or uh, company-specific at this point in time? Uh,
3: Sure. So in terms of growing the business through uh, the drill bit, uh, that is, organically. I think we've been more successful than most, uh, not only with finding uh, new resources every year at our operating mines, but of course the discovery of Terranera and the emerging uh, resources at Peral. Um, in terms of our silver-gold mix, we've always been a silver-dominant uh, producer, but with a healthy gold credit. And uh, we see more of that in our future. Terra Nera, let me say that the operations this year probably are going to be about 60-40 silver gold revenue. Terra Nera, I think, comes in around 65-35. Peral is 100% silver. So not only are we, I think, um, one of the most, if not the most, silvery of the the silver producers, um, we go uh, skew more towards silver. Uh, with our existing development pipeline. That leads to M&A. And uh, what I, uh, my view is that we have room to take on gold and still remain a primary silver producer. Um, because there's nothing to buy in silver, we're not allergic to buying uh, a gold-dominant asset. Uh, it's just that uh, we would like to, to remain uh, uh, you know, more than 50% silver by revenue uh, even after MA.
5: Great. Um uh, Great.
6: Thanks. And those are all the questions I have. Congrats again, Dan and Brad as well. Thanks, so Thank much. Awesome.
1: The next question comes from Howard Flinker with Flinker and Co. Please go ahead.
5: Hi, Brad. Uh, my my two minor questions are: What price did you get in your sale uh, via ATM in quarter one?
3: Oh, that's a Dan question. Uh, thanks for your question, Howie. Dan, you want to take that?
5: That's a very good question. Uh, we would have averaged just above $5 US per per uh, share price. It's actually in our financials, but I don't have it specifically off the top of my head right now. So good question, Howard. Uh, but it's just north, north of $5 US. Uh, like
3: 501,
5: 502. Hello? Pardon, Howard? 501, 502, something like that just north of that yes okay Um, and uh, how many shares are actually outstanding now as compared to the average Uh, we have about 167 million shares outstanding right now right now 167 yeah okay thank you
3: um, just carrying on from your question we had this uh, ATM facility available to us um, uh, all the way back to last July, but we just wanted to use it primarily for any equity portion of uh, Terranera project financing. And we were very patient; we didn't touch it until uh, the nice run up in the, in the share price here uh, in the first quarter. Now we did tap that ATM for thirty million dollars. So uh, we closed out the first quarter with eighty-six million cash and one hundred thirteen million of working capital, and. Uh, so suffice to say that uh, we now feel that uh, any equity component at Terranera is, is uh, covered. Thank you.
1: Once again, if you have a question, please press star, then one. The next question comes from Justin Stevens with PI Financial. Please go ahead.
7: Hey guys, uh, I think most of what I had to ask has already been covered off, uh, but a couple left on my list here. Uh, obviously some good results that uh, you guys put out recently uh, from the drilling at one Uh well covered off there. Um, I was wondering, I mean, you, you've spent, I'd say, you know, a, a good chunk of what you've been budgeting for, uh, I'd say, Brownfield's uh, drilling this year already in Q1. Uh, you know, is there Should we expect to put a Perhaps you guys will revisit your, your drilling budget uh, maybe mid-year, uh, as long as uh, you continue to get the good hits that you've been seeing so far.
3: Yeah, Justin, that just very good. good.
7: And, and, uh, uh, yeah, go
3: ahead, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I would just say that uh, uh, we have done this past when we're having a good year, and uh, there's excess cash flow. Uh, then we looked uh, on how to uh, put that cash flow to work. and. Um, it's probably the case this year as well,
7: got it and um you yeah, know obviously we've seen seen the nice release out of want uh, city uh do you can you give some rough timing for when we might see some of the bolonidas results um i, I would would soon
3: um they would be up next uh, and following that progress tear error results after so that some parallel results.
7: Got it. Yeah, and uh, just on the Terra Nera results, results, uh, you know, obviously the, you know, Q3 is is surprisingly soon. Uh, I don't know how it got to be May already. Um but the in terms of the drilling that you've done there is are you expecting any of that to make it in uh to the updated resource that will then hit the feasibility study or is it going to be sort of more parallel development?
3: Uh no. What we're doing now, uh, in fact, I think this year we put the pin in the
7: reserve and resource at the end of last year. So all of the work got this it. year that will is. be a yeah. Got it, yeah, that makes sense, given the way these timelines uh, work and things have to fit together. Perfect, Uh, that's it for me. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
1: This concludes the question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Bradford Cook, CEO, for any closing
2: remarks.
3: Well, thank you, operator, and and thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Uh, This is actually my final uh, quarterly call on behalf of the management team of Endeavor, and I'm now formally handing the reins over to Dan and Christine, and uh, I just want to say that uh, we've had a great run, uh, but we're not half done yet, and uh, we look forward to, uh, I look forward to listening in on, on Dan in future calls. So, again, thanks all, and uh, look forward to our second quarter financial results. Uh, that
5: one's first. Thanks, Brad.
1: This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating and have a pleasant...
0: Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.